Welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. Well, thank you, Mallory, for joining the show. I'm so excited. We got connected through another contact. And really, it's um, because Mallory's story and where she comes from. So um, Mallory, why don't you give us a little background on, you know, why we even connected and how our two, two paths crossed? Yeah, Kelly, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm, I love what you're doing with burnout prevention and this podcast. I'm really excited to be here. So My story started in medical school. So I am a physician and in medical school, school was really hard (laughs) and it was really stressful. And, um, you know, I think those years really started to put a lot more stress on me. And I just kind of was studying all the time. And then I was seeing patients all the time and I was working all the time. And I just wasn't really taking care of myself through that process because I was so worried about doing the right thing for my patients and learning all of the things that go into medicine and, um, wasn't really paying attention to myself. So once you graduate medical school, you go to residency where you have a more specific training And in residency, you're working all the time. So you're working at least around 80 hours a week. That's what the technical limit is. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes you go over the limit. So typically you're working 80 hours a week and your patients are your number one. You're still learning. You're, um, you always have like a, an attending above you. If you're making decisions, they can help you kind of make those decisions and you are just always working and you're not taking care of yourself. So for me, I would try to go like walking up the stairs at the hospital or (laughs) my friends and I would do like sit up challenges, you know, like things where we would try to like get some sort of exercise in um, while we were at work, um, because once you were not at work, you were basically sleeping right? because that's the only other time that you have. And during residency, I had some traumatic events, um, some workplace violence that I was seeing and you just keep going. So you, you see that and then you start seeing the next patient or you come back the next day and you don't talk about it. And so you kind of get all of these different things with like working all the time, having these new stressors, trying to help patients be healthy, um, trying to get them out of the hospital. And you don't really think about yourself. And so when I graduated from residency, that was the point where I was burnt out, but I didn't realize that I was burnt out. (laughs) So I was super stressed all the time. I was exhausted. Um, when I started in my general pediatrician role, I was working all the time. Like it was almost like I was still in residency. Like I was seeing patients all day and then I was charting all night. I was constantly worried about my patients. I was like calling them all the time. I was sending them messages, like just constantly thinking about patients and not about myself. And 
in January of my first year of working um, as a general pediatrician, one of my friends actually stopped me one night. He was like, you just can't, you can't do this anymore. You can't be up all night. You can't be so worried about your patients. Like you can call them the next day or have the nurses call them or, you know, something there's other ways that you can do this, but you can't do what you're currently doing. Cause you're just not going to survive <laughs> like doing yeah. it like this. So that was a huge wake up call for me because I thought that like, this was what I was supposed to do. This is what I was trained to do, right? Like I was trained to work 80 hours a week. I was trained to constantly think about my patients. I was trained to like call them the next day or check in on them the next day. Like that was what I was trained to do. And so I thought that was normal. Um, and it wasn't, and that is something that I've noticed in a lot of people that I've talked to that have had some sort of story around burnout was that they thought that that was what they were supposed to do or that that was normal. And it wasn't. And once they realized that it was like, okay, now we move on to healing. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Well, one, I'm glad someone recognized that, but the interesting thing is in the 50 years of research around burnout, psychologists have actually uh, created 12 phases to burnout collapse, physical and mental. And the eighth phase is emotional behaviors and changes are being observed by others and they're getting concerned. So you were already at phase eight, if not nine, 10, 11 um, of burnout collapse already. So that means you already went through eight phases of burnout, which is is the next four phases are pretty much a collapse and uh, isolation and depression and anxiety and all these other um, body uh, physiology changes. So if you can talk a little bit about like at this moment, then what did you do to start recovering? Because I think in healthcare and, and the nonprofit sector, I see a lot of um, conjoined, actually, and teachers, let's add those three together. Um, because you're in a serving role, that does not stop. And what you see does not stop. So those stressors do not go away. So how did you recover in that type of environment? Yeah. So I think the the first thing right away when he said that, I was like, okay, I can't be up till 10 o'clock at night charting every day. And so the first thing I focused on was like, how do I get my charts done faster? <laughs> so, right. So I'm like a problem solver. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't be up until 10 o'clock every night to do my charts. Let's figure out how to do my charts faster. <laughs> so, so um, kind of learning how to kind of like let go of some of the things that I was doing, like he was right. I could have my nurse call the family the next day, or I could trust that the family was going to do what I had recommended they do instead of, you know, um, calling them and checking in and seeing how they were doing on the plan. So I think that was the first step for me was just kind of, I went into problem solving mode instead of like healing mode. <laughs> and then in 2018, I was like, this still isn't working for me. And in January of 2018, I decided my new year's resolution was to enjoy my work again. So then I started saying yes to like everything. And I feel like that is probably what got me into the problem in the first place is that I say yes to everything. And I'm always, you know, I'm a people pleaser. I want to do everything that people want me to. But in this case, I started saying yes to everything that was for myself, which was new and different and uncomfortable but I knew that there was something that needed to change for me to be able to continue in what I was doing and enjoy what I was doing again. Mm -hmm. So there was a mindfulness-based stress reduction course, which I joined. There was a new well-being committee, which I joined. And just every time that there was like something that came out about wellness, I said yes to it. <laughs> 
And the more that I did it, the more I felt better, the more I had control over what was going on for me. I think that was a big piece was that I felt kind of out of control. Um, I didn't feel like I had control over what was happening for my patients. I didn't have control of the hours I was working. I didn't have control of um, getting my notes done because I had to take the time to do that. And so this was the first time that I really felt like I could take control of something that had to do with my life. Um, and I think that was really helpful to start focusing inward and start focusing on myself. Yeah, that's really important because most employers um, in any capacity or industry offer these wellness programs and challenges and, and resources and um, be working in HR, I know people don't grab them as much as they should. And knowing that it's a free resource or even some employers give time to it, it is something, like you said, it is something that is 100% in your control that can give you that piece of life back and feel like you are doing something to move forward in, an, in a chaotic environment, especially. So I'm, I'm glad that you grabbed up that resource. My HR heart is happy. <laughs> Yeah. So then once I joined the wellbeing committee and we started talking about like, what are the sources of burnout and how do we address that? And how do we even like figure out what burnout looks like within our organization? Like we didn't really have anything. We just kind of started from scratch. I was like, this is pretty great. I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I want to continue on looking at this piece of things because one, it affects me and two, I, I don't want it to ever affect anyone ever again. Yes. <laughs> so that was kind of how we met was that I started leading the well-being initiatives at my organization and I started coaching um, to help prevent burnout. And that is kind of my goal for the future is that no one has to go through what I went through, which I think is similar to your story. And that was kind of how we got matched up together. Yes. And so what in the healthcare field, I mean, you, you had your own behaviors and, and, and almost crash. So what have you been observing in the burnout community within healthcare of behaviors that you're seeing that, you know, is, is a good sign for people to check in with themselves and say, well, this Mallory just said exactly what's happening to me. It's time for a change. What, what type of behaviors are you, you seeing? Yeah, I think right now, especially we're seeing a lot of people are just exhausted. They just feel like they don't want to go to work. They're always tired. No matter how much caffeine they're drinking, they're just so, so tired. There's a lot of caffeine in the medical field. Um, they're not getting good sleep. When they go home, they're fighting with their families. They're yelling at their kids. They just feel like they don't have any patience when they get home because they've spent all of their energy at work, because again, like I said before, like patient always comes first. And so you give everything that you have at the hospital or at work. And so then when you get home, you don't have anything more to give. So you feel angry, you feel frustrated, you lash out at the people that you love, even though you don't want to do that. So then you feel guilty about doing that. Um, and so I think those are a lot of the things that we're seeing right now. Yeah. So what would be like your top three tips for a healthcare professional, especially knowing that those stressors are going to be there. You're going to give, give, give all day long. Um, what would be your top three to just start? It's free, but if you, if you jump on them, they're impactful. 
I think number one is awareness of the problem. So that was something that really helped me and I think is really helpful for people in the healthcare world is understanding that it might not just be the hours that you're working, but there might be something deeper that's really causing you that stress and what that thing is, because everyone is different. Everyone has a different story. And so everyone has a different reason for feeling burnt out. And so really figuring out what that piece is. So that way you can change it. Um, number two is carving out time for yourself. So like I was talking about earlier, you're working 80 hours a week. You don't really have time for yourself. Um, but really like putting it in your schedule. So 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever time you feel like you have that you can be alone and do a thing that you love to fill yourself up. I think that is really, really important. And then the third one is thinking about what is in your control. So you, when you're working, you just feel like everything is out of your control. Patient comes first. You have to do everything for them. You don't have anything that's in your control. And so you just feel like you're giving, 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 giving everything. And you can't do anything for yourself, but you can, there are things that are in your control. And so thinking about what those things are. So for me, it was starting to say yes to the things that would help me or, um, thinking about how I was responding to work, right? Like that is within my control, how I respond to the things that I'm doing. So there's lots of things that can be in your control. It might be creative to figure out what that is. Um, but I think that's really important to start feeling that sense of like, I have some control over this situation is really important. Yeah. And that will help you move out of survivorship mode to realize, you know, you are more in control. And that's what I found during my burnout collapse, because I was blaming everyone for my mishappenings. And I realized I had control of those unhealthy boundaries and the answering the mm -hmm. phone and working all night, like you said, and the unhealthy relationships I was creating because I was stressed and it actually had nothing to do with other people. Mm -hmm. And I think your three and, and uh, someone in the nonprofit industry during one of my workshops put it perfectly. He said, I, I just need to switch work. And I said, but do you, because you haven't taken control of what's in your control. When you do go home, you do unhealthy habits, like sit in front of Netflix or scroll on your phone. So you're not establishing relationships. You're not giving yourself space. You're not doing things you love, like you said, Mallory. So when I see work-life unbalance, I always focus on both because there is an unbalance in work that's easy for us to point out, but there also is an imbalance at home. You are not living life. And it's interesting when I go to workshops, how many people it's minimal it's less than five percent of people actually live life after work that means they do something they love they give themselves space they have relationships in their community or with their spouse or with their kids and so really if we truly want to have balance and take back control it's it's a two it's a two-phase factor right so like you said you were starting to step into it and starting to say yes to things presenting to yourself. And if, if anyone listening to this is having struggles on what they even know, what even makes them happy, what even they love these days, um, go check out the other podcast episode about entity identity loss. And um, it gives you some tips and tricks to start to step into yourself because we are different. And we're different from 10 years ago. We're different after this pandemic. We're, we need to do things differently. And um, stepping into your true identity is truly a thriving type of energy when you get there. So 
Mallory, and now me and Mallory are both burnout coaches. Now, Mallory, and why we connected and why I went into her in my podcast is she's in the healthcare industry. And I will admit that I have um, referred people out uh, in the healthcare industry to other resources because I feel like I can't do them justice because that main stressor is not going to go away of serving those patients, worrying about those patients when they're not there. It is hard to disconnect from that emotional connection and worry. So Mallory is a great fit for healthcare professionals and burnout or dealing with stressors or even just coaching in that type of field. So Mallory, can you talk about what services you can provide the healthcare community? Yeah. So my coaching is very much tailor-made to the client. So exactly whatever you're you're wanting to get to is where we'll go. So usually what we do is we start with, where are you right now? And where do you want to be? What is your ideal? And what are all of the steps that we need to do to get you to that ideal? So is that that you are burnt out and you want to be thriving? Well, how do we get you there? Or is that that you are Um, looking to advance in your leadership, or is that that you're looking to spend more time with your family, whatever that is, we're going to figure out each of the steps that need to get you there. And we're going to take away the barriers that are stopping you from being there today. I know you're not lazy. Otherwise you wouldn't be here working on self-growth. Piecing together the puzzle is half the adventure and finding energy towards your new habits is the other. Do not underestimate the strength in your actions. Check out videos on burnout tools to move from zombie mode to liveliness on my website. See you soon.